Welcome to a new episode of What Exactly Am I Watching Here? A proud member of the Overthink Podcast Network. I'm your host for now, Jason Helms, and I'm joined by my good bud, Dominic Lang. Say hi, Dom. Hey, Jason. It's very good to see you, old friend. And it's very, very good to see you. You know, I I don't think you greeted me appropriately, if you catch my meaning. Uh, Before we begin, a quick introduction Uh. to the show. What exactly am I watching here is a podcast that features an expert, myself, and a novice. Myself. Watching one of the great shows of television history. For now, our show is the cult favorite Twin Peaks, a show that influenced a lot of the shows that we want to talk about in the future. Uh, We are now diving into Twin Peaks The Return, episode 4. And we're taking it one episode at a time. This may be confusing for you. Don't jump in here. Hey, if you've listened to all of the episodes and you've watched all of the Twin Peaks and you've caught every Lynch movie, this still may be confusing for you because <laughs> yeah, I yes. hate to admit this, but I don't understand this situation at all, Albert. Gordon, I don't understand this situation either. All right. Let's get into it. Mm-hmm. So we are like like you said, Jay. We are through part four. When when the return was released, it was was it all all the first four at once, or was it two then two? First four all at once. First four all at once. Okay. So and we can talk about maybe the design or the intention behind it later on. But um, I maybe in hindsight I can kind of see some cohesion or some coalescing starting to happen yeah. with the disparate plots, locations, characters in a strange way. I think maybe because there were so many, so many kind of smaller touches to the original twin peaks in this episode, it felt like, like we're not going to meet anybody new or go anywhere go anywhere else outside of where we've been, if that makes sense. Like, we're we're starting to kind of narrow in, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it was, it's a very broad area that we're looking at, but I think we have all of the storylines, right, that okay. we're going to follow. We, we have all the main characters, we have all the, the locations, um, you know, everything has been spun out for us. Okay. Uh, and I, I think that's intentional. I think uh, there's probably some frustration for you watching it one episode at a time for these first four episodes. And feeling like, oh, geez, nothing is happening. There is so much just being introduced and nothing is moving forward. And I think that was part of the goal of introducing four at once was so that you can feel a sense of momentum and get a sense that, okay, Lynch and Frost know where they're going. Uh, I'm going to trust them. Whereas if it's one at a time, it's just this intense feeling of bewilderment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, I I think we talked about last time about... Uh, Kuleshov and the need, the human mind to uh, construct a narrative, even if there's no narrative present. Yeah. And I felt four and maybe even a little bit into five, this just like stress of just like, I know that it's Lynch. I know that we're playing with dream and abstraction and the, the kind of the bizarre but I do like I need to put my feet somewhere, even if like little flashes or little moments that was really helpful. So like so for in part four, seeing Bobby Briggs was for me like that was a breath of fresh air. And I never thought I'd say that about Bobby Briggs. But lo and behold, 
uh, here I am saying that. And to see that he, I guess, seeing continuity. Yeah. That's one of the things that threw me off initially about the return is that it seems such a hard break uh, with continuity from the original series mm-hmm. that we didn't just pick up like back in twin peaks and Truman's on the new case. We start in wildly disparate areas. And again, like I'm assuming that there was intention behind that, but seeing, seeing Briggs and hearing, hearing the music, seeing Laura Palmer's photo, like, that really connected me back to the original series. Yeah. I love that scene because it's so over the top with Bobby Briggs looking at Laura's photo and the music swells and he starts to cry. And it's that same scene we saw. Uh, my wife is in the other room laughing as I'm recounting this because it was so <laughs> good. It's so over the top. And um, it's funny though, because if you go back to the original twin peaks and you watch those scenes again, it's, you know, Leland Palmer looking at a picture of the music is swelling. And you as the viewer know, Leland was molesting his daughter for years and Leland murdered her. And so even though this is goofy and this is tropey and all of that, um, there there's really some pathos here. This is pretty heavy. And in the same sense, we know because of fire walk with me, you know, what is Bobby remembering when he's looking at Laura? I don't think he's thinking, ah, the the things we're supposed to be thinking there of, you know, ah, it's, she was the prom queen. She was so beautiful. She was so wonderful. All of that, which is, I think all that we put into it, especially with the music. I think he's thinking, Oh my God, I killed a guy. Mm. She was with me the last night she was alive. I, or, or the night before I, I killed a guy and I've never admitted that to anyone. I've never come clean about that. And I'm a cop now. And this is a skeleton in my closet. So his breakdown makes a lot of sense in that context. It's not just the goofy twin peaksiness, uh, but it also works as goofy twin peaksiness. Yeah, I know. There's there's a lot of sorrow uh, for Bobby when he sees Laura's photo, and yeah, for whatever Twin Peaksy feeling, there's there's a genuine, uh, strong sense of pain for him there. So yeah, Bobby was was a highlight for me, a uh, a definite low light. If I'm going to contrast this, is uh, is Wally Brando and. I'm I'm sorry, man, but this guy, Wally, so far is my least favorite part of the return. Mm -hmm. It felt like somebody else trying to put on a version of Twin Peaks. It it felt like, hey, you know, like, imagine five years after the second season finished, ABC got the rights, and they're like, you know what, we don't need Lynch. We'll get somebody else. And in concocting a new storyline, they're like, yeah. And Andy... Andy's kid is like a Brando wannabe. Yeah, that's weird. And so that's that was a huge frustration. And I don't, I like I don't know how you reacted. It was just like, oh, it's kind of quirky. Yeah. Uh, but it, well, in that in that light, it makes me wonder how much got got left behind. You know, did Michael Sarah just come on set for one day and record this? And if so, you know, what else? is there uh did did seth rogan do a scene where he's just in a a bubble bath drinking pink champagne and reading baudelaire to himself and he's the he's the building super and that's all we ever find out about him like what other just quirky cameos were there that got cut um Mm -hmm. but i mean it's it's so much quirk and it's so much of that uh americana nostalgia um yeah 
I mean, it's it's over the top. It's Michael Sarah doing a Marlon Brando impression, but not just that. It's evidently uh, Lucy and Andy's kid was born on the same day as Marlon Brando, and his name is Wally Brando. Yep, and they named him after Marlon Brando. And so clearly they then either raised him as Marlon Brando or he, Marlon Brando reincarnated himself or something. But it is just the goofiest, most over-the-top scene ever. And I, I don't know, in a sense, it's a reminder that all the stuff with Lucy and cell phones is also just as goofy. Yeah. And even though we love it because we love Lucy, it's Twin Peaks has always been a little bit silly. Yeah. And and there is that send-up of Americana that it's it's trying to do. And, and what is more American? Yeah, Marlon Brando. Yeah, a, a really bad Marlon Brando impression. Wow. But a yeah. really earnest, really bad Marlon Brando impression. Because if he cracks for a second, if he winks at the camera, if he breaks, it, it doesn't work. But, oh, it's so earnest. I, yeah, I would not be able to hold that one together. Uh, <laughs> credit to, is it Robert Forrester? Yes, yeah, yeah, the sheriff. As apparently Sheriff Truman's brother. Not the actual, not the Truman that we know, but Sheriff Truman's brother. Uh, Megan just communicated to me off screen because we've been trying to remember um, the line about the shadows. And it's my, Michael Sarah's line there. Uh, my only companion is my shadow, sometimes behind me, sometimes before me, <laughs> sometimes not there at all, if I'm in the shade, ah! or if it is night. <laughs> um... And I, I gotta think that the Twin oh. Peaks is making fun of itself a little bit there. Um, oh yeah. And, oh yeah. And I hope so. Yeah, it's it's uh, the Zen or the skill to catch a killer again, but now just like making fun of that whole idea. Uh, yeah. It's completely false profundity. I much more enjoy talking about Wally Brando than I do uh, watching Wally Brando. Yeah, it's tough with Twin Peaks knowing when you're supposed to laugh at it. Um, yeah, that's true. But I, th- I think that that's there. Oh, what else we got to laugh at? We got to laugh at Mr. Jackpots. That's hilarious. Yes. Yes. I meant to inform you that uh, I'm tomorrow I'm going down and uh, legally changing my name to uh, to Mr. Jackpots. Do so, it. Yeah. Mr. Jackpots. Mr. Jackpots. Which machine is going to go next? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's oh, it's, And it's, the, the pacing in the Dougie Jones scenes. Is so incredibly slow. It's oh. so inexorable. Oh goodness! And uh, just like the Wally Brando ones, when you rewatch it, it's really funny and it's yeah. really enjoyable to feel like you're almost laughing at the audience. Um, you're laughing at yourself from previously of being like, "This is too goofy. This is this is too yeah. good that I'm hanging on the edge of my seat with this stuff." Well, it's a, it's almost like you you are Sunny Jim in that breakfast scene. You're just like he you can see that he thinks this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like whoever he thinks Dougie is or what's happened to Dougie, he's getting a kick out of it. Like it thrills him to no end. Yep. And the fact like we get take five, like I very rarely I don't know if ever the original series had like such a strong and direct musical cue. And so to have that famous song over breakfast. Yeah. And the titanic struggle that it is for for Cooper to put together pancakes, coffee, and syrup. Oh, um, the the ingredients of Twin Peaks. Um, right. it, it also makes me think about who Dougie Jones was as a husband and father. We get a few nods um, 
to that past. Uh, Janie E mentions a sizable debt that needs to be paid off. But I think it's uh, the character of Sonny Jim that gives us the most clues to who he is because he's so delighted that it makes me think that his father was just terrible. And he wasn't abusive. He wasn't a drunk. He wasn't all of those things that we want to say of a terrible father. He just wasn't there. Yeah. And this, you know, if there's one thing you can say about uh, Coop as Dougie Jones is he's there. He's completely present in this moment. He doesn't understand it. Yeah. It's completely new to him, but he is there. That's interesting because I think my initial reaction when I see Cooper slash Dougie Jones is that he's not there. Mm-hmm. And to reframe it potentially is like, oh, he's there, but everything is new. Yeah. He's there without a history. Yeah. Which is which is really interesting because I when Cooper has that cup of coffee from from a mug that I really hope is somewhere out in this universe. Yeah. It almost seems like it wakes him up like for a a half second. Like the the high or whatever reaction doesn't seem like Dougie Jones. It seems like Dale Cooper. Yeah. And it's it's those little things like the coffee that start to bring him back that make you feel like, oh, he's there. I I, I see him for a second. Yeah. Uh, did you see that Kyle McLaughlin tweeted this week? Um if you don't love me at my blank, you don't deserve me at my blank. And it was Dougie Jones and uh, Dale Cooper. And it was Dougie Jones from this scene with the coffee stained teeth, tie over his head, green jacket, smiling, just a total goof. And then, uh, you know, 25-year-old Dale Cooper uh, just looking sharp in his suit. Um, man, great, man. great tweet from Kyle McLaughlin. Way to go, Kyle. And, okay, so speaking of Janie E, yes. Naomi Watts. yes. Uh, new to the show, she was in Mulholland Drive. Yes. A, a Lynch film, goodness, 99? I was thinking early 2000s, but we'd have to look at okay. that. I think, I think 2001 would be my guess. Which, which made me want to ask, uh, I've not seen much of Lynch... Lynch's films outside of or Lynch's content outside of Twin Peaks. And I was wondering, uh, given the fact that there was 25 years between Firewalk with me and the return, do you feel that there was anything like if I was to go and watch a movie or two in that intervening time period, anything that would help kind of inform Lynch now coming into the return? He seems like a very different artist. Yeah. I, I think Mulholland Drive's the biggest one. It was, in many ways, his most accessible film. I'm not sure what makes it accessible. <laughs> I mean, most accessible other than some of the early stuff, but... Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's so absurdist. It is so over-the-top, red roomish. But it's really, really... Um, you, you can see what he's doing. You can feel it. It doesn't just feel... Goofy. Okay. Uh, the big ones, of course, uh, Lost Highway, which I have not seen, critically acclaimed, and um, Inland Empire, which I've heard skip and I have not seen. Um, but those are those are the other big ones in between. Yeah. And then he had some musical side projects with Trent Reznor, uh, did some other stuff. Okay. Um, he had, at one point, he had a website where he would, it, it had uh, absurdist cartoons and it had him, it had a, a live video of... Uh, a hummingbird feeder, I think, 
And it had him every morning reading the weather report. Like it was, it was weird. Um, I, I remember Whoa. watching a bunch of those, um, those things. Uh, this is late nineties. Uh, okay. like I think, I think 99, uh, oh, 99, something there. Um, oh. yeah, it was, it was very, very weird. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, that's helpful. But yeah, I think Mahal drives the big one and he and Naomi, uh, Watts, made a really good pair and they have stayed in touch and I've actually followed her on Twitter a bit and seen, uh, she will tweet, um, text message conversations between the two of them. And the cool thing is she just really seems like she just doesn't put up with his shit. Yeah. Like, um, good for her is texting, texting him last year about like, okay, when's my episode going to air? Is it up yet? Is it up yet? Naomi, I'm trying to meditate. I don't care about that. When's my episode going to be up? <laughs> It's so good. Naomi, I'm try- that sounds like a line, like an ad lib line you have to put in a short film. Yeah. Naomi, I'm trying, trying to, to meditate. meditate. Oh, Beautiful. That's, yeah, that's such a student art house film. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, anyway, so this episode actually, for me, it feels like we have a, some stakes now. Mike appears in... <laughs> I hesitate to say the real world, but he appears to Cooper slash Dougie and says, you were tricked. Now one of you must die. Refer- uh, so one of you, I'm feeling, refers to either Cooper or Evil Coop, the doppelganger. So there's, there's some stakes and some risk, some confrontation that is eventually going to happen. Uh, some reckoning that has to occur. So that was like, okay, great. That's good to know. Uh, and on the evil Coop side, the FBI crew met with Coop. And in that conversation, we heard uh, Philip Jeffries again. Uh, we got a very just like unnerving feel the entire time. And another blue rose mention doesn't get any uh, bluer discussion doesn't get any bluer it it literally doesn't whatever hue or whatever color gradient they had yeah. on that last scene like it's absurdly blue yeah and it's it's so off-putting at first and it's amazing how you forget about it as the scene goes on and it just fades in and mm-hmm. and you, you find yourself going come on lynch and by the end of it you go oh, all right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it kind of worked really well. It's like, all right, fine. You got me. You got me. Um, yeah, like a, a little bit of coalescing happening. Wally Brando, may he, may, as a Sheriff Truman says, may the road rise to meet your wheels, Wally. <laughs> That's beautiful. That guy is just ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, Wally Brando. Um yeah. Okay. So I think uh, we've actually covered this pretty economically. Is there anything else you wanted to dive into before we move on to and uh, head out for the week? I don't think so. I think again, I I'm expecting maybe you know expectations from here because the four opening episodes seem to have had some intention behind them. Uh, I would expect. I, I hesitate to say this. I would expect a little clarity or a little, uh, a little more momentum in terms of 
the story or laying out uh, the confrontation that is to come. Yeah. And I guess like kind of questions from, from my end are if and when Cooper will wake or what's going to happen with Cooper and Dougie, how does that get reconciled? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen with Hawk and his investigation? Because I'm, I'm waiting for some thing to occur. And I think that's it. And I'm just praying that Wally never shows his face again. Cool. That's, <laughs> that's it. Well, I, w- I won't spoil that. Um, oh, okay. Thanks. So uh, this was released uh, in kind of some chunks. So the first four episodes we mentioned were all released together. I believe the last two were released together. Um, and then in between uh, just being part of it, there was kind of um, just true Twin Peaks nerds, you know, following, building conspiracy theories, trying to figure out what's happening. Mm-hmm. And you've hit on kind of the major stuff. There is an episode coming up, and it's coming up within the first half of this 18-episode arc mm. where it it broke the internet. It was all of the takes right away. So wow, I'm excited. I'm, I'm happy to give you the number for that. So you can just say, okay, when this, when I watch this episode, yeah. I will just sit down. I am, I'm blocking out this time. Uh, I'm not going to go on to the next episode. I am going yep. to sit and consider and, and block out an hour afterwards to journal and really think about my life. Wow. Maybe watch it twice. Um, I think I watched it twice, if not three times. Which one is that? Uh, episode eight. All right. Well, I'm excited for that one. Yeah. It'll bring together some things. It will. Yeah. I, I won't, I don't want to say a damn thing about you it. tease. Get psyched. You tease. All, All right. right, man. Well, Twin Peaks uh, was dormant for 25 years. Uh, in 2017, it returned. We will not wait 25 years. We'll be back in just a week or two. So thanks again for joining us on what exactly am I watching here for next time. We're going to be working through the return part five. You can get a hold of us on Twitter, where our handle is at OverthinkPod, and find more at OverthinkPod.com. I'm on Twitter as at Helmstreet. And uh, Dom, where can people find you? On Twitter as well, uh, at Dominic underscore Lang, and Instagram, Dominic Lang. All right, I'll see you next week. Bye.